Hello, and welcome to the Nostalgia Podcast. A podcast where we discuss the retelling or continuation of pop culture favorites as seen through a queer and feminist lens. My name is Eric Lefebvre. And my name is Jessica Tercero. And this week, we watched Beauty, Beauty and the Beast. And the Beast. Yeah. So we watched the, yeah, I mean, I think there's only two. Because <laughs> usually no, I feel there's like- more. There is more? There's more. Oh um, so uh, Disney JK, wanted oh, wow. to make this back in like the 30, uh, whenever like Snow White and all that was coming out. But they yeah. were like, I want to do this. And then they realized that like a French person did it. And they were like, oh, no, 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 we can't do this right now. It's fine. Yeah, but there's been a couple more, which I had no idea. And I kind of, it would be interesting to see it not Disney-fied. <laughs> True. Although I think the base level of like the base understanding of what the story is, is messy and fucked in like every. So I'm assuming like the not Disney version is just worse. And it's like predicated understanding of like enslaving women. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, for sure. Yes. Which, which but... would scare the shit out of me. I'm, I'm assuming whatever like French avant garde version of this story is probably so scary and toxic and just like <laughs> cool i mean that's purely as presumptive like that's complete assumption but yeah <laughs> <laughs> um well i mean yeah like all those fairy tales are pretty gruesome oh yeah um but yeah we watched beating <laughs> the beast we watched both disney versions yes and it was nostalgic yeah see i <laughs> like for me I remember watching this movie. So I actually, as a child, I was so afraid of the beast. Like we, I remember going to Disneyland when I was like six and like my parents wanted me to go meet the character who was dressed up as the beast. And I just started scream crying. Like I could not get near him. I was so afraid of him. He scared the shit out of me. I like couldn't handle it. So I remember watching this as a kid and still being freaked out by the beast and like super scared. There was a level of it that I, I did, I did enjoy the movie as a kid but I don't think I had any sort of um, not not any sort of like thick nostalgia. You know what I mean? Like it was like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, Beauty and the Beast. But not like, well, man. Belle was my favorite. Well, OK, well, <gasps> when I was a kid, like Ariel was like before I had any memory, it was like Ariel. Right. Like, yeah, that came out at the perfect time for me, whatever. But then it was uh, the Beauty and the Beast. And then later on, when I like became like, you know, a teenager and a young adult it was like oh well yeah of course she's my favorite because she's like smart right and then watching these movies i'm like well let's re-examine all of that actually and i have a very different opinion now uh looking at these through this lens and as an adult and i think so many people take beauty and the beast or take Belle as the smart princess because like what do we know about her she likes to read (laughs) right and her dad was an inventor right (laughs) But, like, I, I mean, that's wild for, like, the 1700s France, right? But, yeah. like, she reads romance novels and wants a prince to come save her. And yeah. then she gets it, you know? But, like, just because she can read doesn't make her a good princess. doesn't make her, like, the best princess. It's it's this weird, like, the under-expectation of women. Like, there there is, like, like, oh, wow, good for her. She read a book, like... That's your ceiling. That's like, that's as high. Like, that's all we expect of you standard. because you're a woman. Like, that's all we need <laughs> from you is to read a book. Like, it's just such a boring and, 
how dare you even do that? Like, yeah. really? How dare you even pick up a like book? Like, they're making fun like, of even the librarians. Like, you've already read that. And she's like, I know, I love. It. Like, it's just, it's, it's such a, it's such a goofy, weird. Um, it's goofy. It's goofy as fuck. It's also just messy because it clearly hates women uh in a way like not only is like Belle but then there's also like the other women who hate her because Ooh, she's the apple of Gaston's mm-hmm. eye who is like purely just himbo trash like it's that whole like oh my god it's just it's a mess this story hates women just like so many so many stories and so many movies hate women I think that's going to be the biggest conversation piece today is like that <laughs> Right. Well, yeah. also, I had never realized how much everything in the story revolves around Belle feeling like things are her fault. So she yes. goes to save her dad because she thinks it's her fault. And then she switches places with him because she thinks it's her fault. And then uh, she stays with uh, the beast because he thinks or because she thinks it's his her fault that he got hurt. Like never in this in either story, I'm going to argue does she do something for herself? True. She is always motivated by feeling like, oh no, this is my fault. And that's a very, that's a very female thing, you know, like um, that's what we're taught. That's what we do. And it sucks. Well, because it's also my argument generally that I want to bring up obviously right now. I don't know (laughs) when we get into it. I feel like we're already getting into it, but um, the art, the main argument I want to say is it's neither movie is Belle's story it's 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 the yes. man's story it's 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 maleness at large is the protagonist not Belle. Belle is never the protagonist of this story she's never given that that agency she's not given the autonomy to be the protagonist to make choices for herself because she's never making choices for herself they're always for the men in her life whether good mm-hmm. or bad it's always just for the men who exist in proximity to her whether it's gaston beast or her father never for anybody other than them Let's get into this. I'm I ready. know. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Belle is a young woman living in the 1700s with her father in the French countryside. All of the local townsfolk look down on her for her intellect and individuality, except Gaston, who sees her as the prize he is owed for, I don't know, existing. Belle's father goes off to a fair to show off his latest invention, but ends up on the wrong trail and finds himself imprisoned for trespassing on the beast's property. Belle becomes aware of her father's imprisonment and convinces the beast to let her take his place. Jumping at the opportunity, the beast's servants, whose souls are trapped in various household objects, try to get him and Belle to fall in love so that the curse can be broken and they can all go back to their normal lives. After a rocky start, their plan begins to work. But when Belle's dad is in trouble, she goes to save him, causing the townsfolk to riot and storm the beast's castle. There's a fight, Gaston dies, the beast dies, Belle cries, and then the beast is back alive, and uh, the curse is lifted. And they live happily ever after. Happily ever after. <laughs> um, whatever I that even that means in this died. story. Oh, oh my God, I know. Okay. That he like actually dies and then comes back to life and he's like, yeah. I'm me again. And you're like, what? He's like all like Jesus-like. Yeah. Oh, oh my Christ-like. gosh. Christ-like. Gosh, I feel like there's a whole allegory there. Ugh, I hate it. You know what there probably is? And I'm so tired of religious subjects Same. that I don't even want to get into it. I'm like, what am I, C.S. <laughs> Lewis? No, thank you. I don't need it. Anyways. Um, okay, so where should we begin with this? So some of my first notes, which I love, are Beast is big in cell vibes. 
um, mm, mm-hmm. which is adds to its own level of. I think what I was saying in the intro is that the the story is not Belle's story. She's not the protagonist. Maleness and toxic mass. I mean, I, I guess toxic masculinity, but like toxic maleness, maleness at large is the protagonist of the story because. We're not seeing anything that she has to do. She She's reacting only to the male characters in this story. Her dad, Gaston, the Beast. All of which, with the exception of her father. Well, actually, her dad's chill. He's not doing anything shitty. Gaston and the Beast. I, I feel like the whole setup is supposed to be like, maleness is bad, but you're seeing a bad version of it and a good version of it. And the Beast is supposed to be the good version of it. But the good version of this sort of like toxic, uh, testosterone-driven male character is still a character who not only emotionally manipulates Belle, but enslaves her and then forces her to fall in love with him, to trick her into falling in love with him so that he can break the spell. So this good, the goodness is still actually garbage, right? So I, upon this, this viewing of it, I took the beast and Gaston to be Two separate types of masculinity. Yes. Um, Gaston, obviously, being the personification of toxic masculinity and the townsfolk being the strength of numbers, like they build each other up, whatever. But the beast I took as more of a wild and primal masculinity, like the hard coding of masculinity because of the way that he reacts to everything, right? He's very reactionary. He destroys everything whenever he's mad at it. He's like, I want this, so I'm going to get this. I want this. I'm going to get this. And the only time that Belle actually starts to care about him is when he proves that he not only can provide for her, but he can also protect her, right? Because this movie does fucking nothing in the way of of setting up their relationship together. It's just like, oh, I'm your prisoner. <laughs> Be our guest. And also, um, I'm going to run away. And then you save me, right? So the only yeah. time that she, when she starts to see him differently is when her primal instincts react to his, where she knows that he can provide for her. She knows that he can protect her. And he needs to be taken care of. So she needs to be the nurturing woman. She needs to take care of him and make sure that he's okay. And also, it's her fault that he's out here. So, you know, it's like this big, giant cacophony of reinforced gender normatives on like a very, very basic primal tribal level. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And just the whole the whole level of the library being an emotional bribe, too, that is sort of the catalyzes her not only because it's like right after she realizes like he can protect me sort of a thing he's like oh here's this study with all these books and so it's like protection this thing that i love that we established at the beginning of the movie but it's also just it's clearly just an emotional bribe like he know as even if we're not getting the full like i'm i'm making decisions based on a plan to make so i'm not a beast anymore right that's the whole thing with I, I love Mrs. Potts. I love Lumiere. I love all of these characters. But the whole plan is she falls in love with him. They're hoping she falls in love with him because then the spell is broken. They all go back to normal. They're all using her to get back. Yes. Which at the end of the day, I'm kind of like on board because I'm like, fuck it. Eat the rich. Like y'all were shitty rich <laughs> trash. And this poor witch showed up and was like, you guys are bad. Anyways, you're a beast in some pots and pans now. Go off. Enjoy not being rich people anymore. Bye-bye. Or enjoy enjoy <laughs> literally anthropomorphizing the rich objects you 
you held like these rich gilded pieces of furniture and and whatever like you have to be the rich thing that you once held dear now but you're not a person anymore so to me i'm just like yeah fuck it she's she rolls eat the rich um i wish bell never showed up with the exception because i do love mrs potts and i love her son sorry i'm going on a whole <laughs> a whole tangent but oh no well that that led into one of my points where bell is only treated differently because she's because she's a woman and she's pretty. Yeah. Um, she's also literally the only person around to break the spell. And to me, it didn't feel like the spell wasn't going to be broken out of learning a lesson. It was going to be broken out of trapping somebody. And like, you know, so there was like this whole lesson is supposed to be about respect and don't judge a book by its cover. And that's not what we got at all. You know, True. like, I mean, does he respect people? I don't know. I guess. But like, they're, one of the animators, I forget who it was, they wanted, at the end, they wanted Beast to stay a beast rather than transform into a man. And I was like, that would have been sick. I would have been super fucking here for that. But they, you know, it's Disney and they didn't go with that. But That would have um, been a better yeah, story. The only, reason, the only reason that they, you know, they're like, she's the one, you know, blah, 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 blah. And like is literally just because she's got lady parts and she's here because god forbid god forbid right that it be a man or anybody else of course it couldn't be her dad right that was going to break the spell like you know I mean, like it had that, to be a woman specifically uh not, according to heteronormative disney propaganda bullshit not to be gross on the pod but if that wouldn't have been the hottest story i've ever <laughs> heard in my life i wasn't here for that because her dad is like so charming and sweet and fun and like i'll say it kind of cute he's kind of a daddy we're into it and then the beast like i'm not trying to like knock furry culture but like he's kind of hot like in the first one as a kid i was scared (laughs) as an adult i'm like go off like absolutely i'm you suck, but like you're hot, it's fine. So if they were to have fallen in love, what a story, what a treat, what a <laughs> silly gay dream. My God, Ugh. that would have been so much more interesting than Belle, who again blames herself for everything and literally needs permission to do anything. She needs permission to like walk outside. She needs permission to go save her dad. You know. Like, and the way that they tried to make her into, like, kind of, like, a feminist was by turning down Gaston, right? Yeah. And so she reads, and she turned down Gaston. Like, that's what she's got going for her. And, oh, she she cares about people. That's that's how she's a rebel. Like- yeah. Which is, which, <laughs> it's just, it's so shitty. Because, like, I mean, at least within that dynamic of, like, her and Gaston, in the first one, I actually really liked... Because Gaston's trash, obviously. He sucks. But what I enjoyed is that his big himbo energy was so aloof. Like, he was so intentionally aloof and self-obsessed and narcissistic. All of his actions were never predicated on malice. It was simply, like, decided in a complete lack of knowledge, a complete ignorance. He did everything without any sort of, like deducted reasoning nothing was I, I feel like he was so aloof and so ignorant nothing he did was ever out of choice it was simply out of ego which it, yeah you know so what i mean anytime anytime that he like hits somebody or he does whatever it's i mean like on a sub level it's like to make himself feel better or to make himself feel big right but yeah. it was out of like just 
complete self-absorbed ignorance and arrogance you know yeah. like so he's like yeah of course like bell you're gonna love rubbing my feet every day and we're gonna have all boys we're gonna yeah. have six or eight boys or whatever and i'm just like okay cool but like he well no i'm gonna take all of that back because he literally <laughs> bribes an asylum doctor to commit her dad okay. unless she marries him so you know what that's true um <laughs> that's fine so, yeah you're so he i mean I'm not trying to defend, again, I'm not trying to be in the corner of Gaston, because uh, fuck him, he sucks. But he is so, and I don't like using this word, he's so dumb. He's just so... He's he's just such a, he's, he's over the top. Yeah. And he's to me, so, because I feel like I wanted so much, and they did this more in the second one, but I wanted so much more that like all of the tense, because I feel like this movie is is ripe with male sexual tension because it's largely a male story so like cogsworth and lumiere but also lefou and gaston like gaston mm-hmm. is so aloof to everything but lefou is like in love with him he wants he wants to marry gaston so bad like he cannot even handle it he's willing to get frostbite over it he's <laughs> willing to like do whatever it takes but in the first one it's cartoonish in the second one it's like more overt like they played with that but then to me also cogsworth and lumiere it was the same thing like in my head cogsworth and lumiere had been married forever but they have an open relationship and lumiere is bi so he's kind of like falling not falling in love with but like is into um what's her name the the fucking the, duster the hot duster <laughs> the <laughs> the the dustpan with boobs what is her name <laughs> how cool is that how gendered all of these things are oh my because God. like every so think of all of the things that the men are right so the men are light they provide light, light. they provide heat they time. provide sustenance they are the keepers of time all of this stuff right and the women are the wardrobe the teapot and the um the feather duster they're they're, yeah. the, they're the house chores and the fashion is the 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 female character yeah it's i mean it's fucked up and silly it's and it's so and again further ingraining not just a gendered stereotype of a binary, but also the idea that the story is about men. The story is male. Men are the ones who are the smartest and the brightest, and they lead the way and they make the best choices, even when they're making the worst choices imaginable. Also, I do want to point out that somebody had to be like, like somebody had to look at a feather duster and be like, I'd fuck that. I'm going to draw that I like know. I'd fuck that. Like, it's so <laughs> bad. It's so stupid. And like, oh my God, it's just so toxic. Like, I'm going to put boobs on a feather duster. Shush. Stop. Like, go. What is that? What does that mean? Go to horny jail? Like, get away from me. Go on a walk. Go on a walk. Well, and then, like, we could even break it down further into, like, body types and things like that, too. Right? So, like, when they turn into humans, you know, Cogsworth is, like, a little bit stocky. Right? And uh, Miss Potts, too. And uh, the wardrobe is just this behemoth of a woman. And uh, the French lady is this, like, really sexy, like, you know, like, hey, Lumiere, come here. Right? So, like, they they had to try to make that even more over. It couldn't just be, like, a wardrobe that's just like, you know, I don't know, cool for body diversity, but also like this is the way that you're choosing to to show that. And I don't love that. Yeah. No, it was <laughs> gross. I there was 
there was one thing that I, I don't think was necessarily intentional because of the way that this movie hates women in general, but it brought up an interesting point and a, just a truth about the expectation of women where like men are allowed to be not just, they're not just given all the power, but they're allowed to literally fail up. They're allowed to fail time and time again and only be given more opportunity and more chance. Like, the beast being a piece of shit, he's constantly like when he does something stupid, people are like, "No, no, no, try again and do it this way." He's like, "Oh, but she's she's so shitty, and I oh, I hate women." And then they're like, "No, no, no, beast, <laughs> now don't say that." But you won't come to fucking dinner, and they're like, "No, beast, like come on, like be better." They're, you, they, they're trying so hard to like give him so many chances to do it right, and she like literally. She's mocked for reading books. Like she's self-educating. She is well-read. She is empathetic. She is conf- not. She's also so confident. Like Gaston, quote-unquote, hottest guy in the town, is like, "I want to bang," and she's like, "You're, you're, you suck." please get away from me and was like she's so stupid why would she ever oh she won't fuck this guy like oh she's she's an idiot like (laughs) really for somebody like she she has to be the most astute confident empathetic cognizant realistic grounded person in every way to all these men but all of these other men all or all of these men in general are given ample ample amounts of opportunities to to be better to try better where she isn't allowed to fail Right. I mean, that's that's another thing that women face all the time, right? In oh yeah, addition exactly. To, <laughs> in addition to all the ways we've already named, you know, you always have to be better. You always have to be stronger. You always have to be smarter. You always yeah. have to be like you're never allowed to fail. And the second that you do, that's that's a way for people to get in and to then uh, discredit everything else that you've done before. Yeah, it's so, a, it's over for um, you as as soon as you as soon as you mm-hmm. show that hand and fail even slightly. You're like you said, discredited almost immediately and completely. Like, oh well, you know what? They were kind of like this, and so it's like, what? Like, if she were to have slipped at any moment, it would have been done. Well, and also, I want to point out that this was the very first Disney princess that was not in her teens. All of oh. the other uh, princesses were like, you know, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. But she's in her like early twenties. I want to say like she's like twenty two ish. So that's like mm-hmm. she's technically and even even when they did this that it was an intentional choice um she that's part of why she's so mature is because she's so much older than the other princesses right which is wild because some of these princesses are like 13 and we're like okay disney wow Mm -hmm. jesus christ yeah that's um uh garbage and trash and also yeah oh my god ugh I also want to point out how this movie is like pro slavery. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. This movie is super um, pro slavery. There's a line in Be Our Guest where it's life is so unnerving when a servant isn't serving. <laughs> I'm sorry. And they're all just happy to do this. And like you said, they give like, even though they're all cursed because of fucking beast, right? They can't see their families or their loved ones or anything. Like their fucking existence is as a goddamn teapot now. And they're going to perish with him. They're still cool and still serving him. I wouldn't fucking do that. Like if I like, okay, here's another movie idea or another like story idea. What if this story happened and we never got to Belle because... It was like the French Revolution inside this fucking castle. Ooh. They could totally do it. They could totally do it. 
That'd be interesting. I mean, that would, they're at, their at own the very masters. least, that would be interesting. <laughs> I I mean, it just doesn't, in both films, it doesn't make sense to me why they stay or why they allow themselves to be treated like shit because Beast is, so I understand why they're trying to, why they're gaslighting Bill, right? And are like, oh, but you don't really know him. You need to get to know him in order to, you know, because every single one of them is doing it. Oh, the the master is wonderful. You just get need to get to know him. He is pretty great. When the fuck has anybody seen that side of him? True. I want to know. Yeah. I want to know because I did not see that at all. So by that extension, like I could understand if they're saying that because they just want to get turn back into humans right like that would make more sense but <sighs> that's not but, the way that but, it was presented so but, i was just like Ugh. i think it just goes back to wealth though right because there th- there's the assumption we get more of the story in the second one or like they elaborate more specifically about these characters but there's this assumption that like they're all rich and even if they work for oh, him no, no, no. i i think these are two separate completely separate like um these are the servants I, I of the get- house these are the servants. The the next one, they're willing participants of, uh, yeah. or at least it felt like they were more willing participants and benefiting more from their proximity to the prince. To richness, um, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, yeah. Well, I don't, th- I don't know about that, this one. That that just goes more into the the servitude slavery aspect of it, just being like super duper chill. Like, yeah. I guess it also plays into this this idea of. Which I feel like we're teetering around um, the idea of Stockholm syndrome that I feel like is a huge prevalent moniker for not not even allegory, just like it is the most ever present theme of this story, which I want to get into a little bit and what uh, Stockholm syndrome even is and how it's also like kind of fake as fuck, which is so fun. Um, but yeah, so there is that level of like maybe they have deluded themselves into believing that this life is good because it's all they have and all they can afford so it's kind of like the optimistic version of uh it's like it's like trying to be optimistic in a in an absolute worst case scenario but at the same time yeah like in the same way like it's kind of like mental preservation because like what the fuck else are they gonna do as a as a teapot you know yeah but like yeah, that, that brings up a really interesting point. Like, even when they're given freedom or even when, like, Belle is kind of indoctrinated too, right? Where she gets freedom and then the first thing she does is come running back, you know? Yes, like, 100%. It's because all of that manipulation, like, so the ways in which the servants have manipulated themselves, they also work to gaslight and manipulate Belle, who is already susceptible to this, you know, from yeah. feeling like everything's her fault, feeling, you know, not having... Um, or always feeling like an outsider, like this is the one place where she's actually been accepted, you know, and it's also by other like outcasts or oddballs and stuff like that. So like it's she was primed to go there, like to to never come back if she if she went there. Yeah, I, there were just so many levels of like this the story, like the writer, like this story just like truly hates women. It's just so, it's so bizarre. Like, again, the idea of her coming back is like, she fell in love. It's like, no, just what? Stop. Like, why would you write? Why? 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 They didn't do anything to earn it. They didn't do anything to earn her, earn that relationship that they're trying to, they're trying to show. 
No, and it's and but it's it's the it's the dumbing down of what is expected of women. It's like sort of like a woman would do this, and you're like, oh, you think that lowly of an entire group of people? You think that that's <laughs> believable? Because you hate women so much, you think that this is a believable choice. Not only that she would come back, but when she's let go from being a slave, she literally thanks him. She says, thank you so much for like letting me go and help save my father. Like, thank you so much, Beast. You're so good to me. Like, really? That's, oh, I mean, cool. Cool. Go off Disney. Like, I mean, they did the same thing in Aladdin. It's true. No, it's so true. It's again, all these sort. oh my God, too much. Yeah. So Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. There have been, I mean, obviously a lot of articles talking about like the Swedish bank robbery and how that like how that was the basis and sort of the, the, the inciting incident for what became known as Stockholm syndrome, which was coined during like the Patty Hearst stuff. But um, there is a level, I, I don't know if you've read it. I saw it on Twitter and then I was like, is this real? And then I followed the links and there was like a whole book um, called, I believe it's uh, look what you made me do is the book title, which I'm like, okay, go off Taylor Swift. We hate it. But <laughs> in the book, articles from the pages are essentially like, Upon further inspection, the the reframing of this woman's experience of being a hostage during a bank robbery, she was essentially saying the cops were doing everything in their power to make sure the money wasn't stolen, even if that meant that their lives were to be lost in the process. Whereas apparently the bank robber was trying his best. Like he's like he he's not going to shoot anybody. He's not going to do anything. The hostage, whatever. She's she was saying she's like the cops fucking sucked. These bank robbers, they're bank robbers and they treated us better than the fucking cops did. The cops didn't give a shit about us. These these people did. And the cops then spun that narrative and said, "You actually as a woman, you don't know what you're talking about and you actually don't know your own feelings in this scenario. You are experiencing this thing where you've fallen in love with your captor. You're experiencing this thing. So we're not going to believe you. What you're saying is actually untrue because we did a good job and you're crazy. So that's actually what happened. And then that's what it became. And I mean, granted, we have cops to thank for that too. Thank you, cops. Yeah, truly. I mean, at the same time, like, sure, it is a bank robbery. There is a level of like, unsafe it's i'm not saying that the bank robbers were like here's some m&ms and like we love you and like let's hang out or whatever you know what i mean because it's still a bank robbery there's still guns all this shit but she was saying very clearly and eloquently that the cops were actively doing everything in their power to essentially kill the the captives and they were like the the cops were fucking worse than the bank robbers what does that say and they were like we did a good job blah 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 it's a whole thing Anyways, yeah. so Stockholm Syndrome is based on the foundation that women should not be believed. Women's emotions actually do not express any sort of reality, and therefore their realities should not exist. So it's a whole thing of men hating women from the jump, and this story is predicated on that idea. So at its very basis, at its base level, this story is a story about how women should not be believed. <laughs> right? <laughs> Which yep. is so fucking goofy women's like they can't even trust themselves right they can't even trust uh, themselves because yeah. uh we don't even well and that feeds right into the gaslighting too right like because we oh, can't totally we can't distinguish you know we we can't tell our own reality because when you're lied to your whole fucking life <laughs> yeah oh my god uh so yeah so that and that's exactly what happens here it's this 
this sort of assumptive on on the on the beast part like he is obviously going to use her for his own personal gain despite how she feels and i hate that the story rewards that right because it it, yeah. it so clearly rewards that because you're pinning these two things against each other a good versus evil i guess so beast being good gaston being bad you're 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 saying that the goodness of the beast creating this environment based around emotional manipulation is good and then bell responding to that in a positive way and actually falling in love with this person who's enslaved her is good like mm-hmm. if if there was more of a of a of an understanding of what that was and not just like I mean, I get that this is supposed to be a kids movie, but like, what the fuck is that? Like, why is this? Why? Why? Big, bigger, big, big question mark. Why? Because men made this movie. I know. And that is the answer. And that is so crazy. Stop giving men jobs. (laughs) I'm saying it right now. Stop giving men jobs. And it's so weird, right? Because they're trying to like show her as like this positive feminist you know like female empowering woman right and yeah. everything like actually about the story is the complete opposite there's mm-hmm. um the bechdel cast did a um sorry i keep referencing other podcasts but they're also fucking great <laughs> um, they did an episode on the princess and the frog and Ooh. when you watch that right it's supposed yeah. to be like it's kind of the same thing where it's supposed to be empowering and like you know a bit feminist and all this and when you get down to it down to the fucking court it is a fucking disgusting story and i don't understand how this shit got made you should really uh go download that episode right now if you like that that story because i see a lot of people like quote it and be like oh yeah strong blah blah blah, and great cool that's good that that's good for you but also like listen to this and you'll you'll yeah yeah it just it further emphasizes the need for not men and storytelling <laughs> or oftentimes too like not cis men not cis white men too because like give me queer experience give me diverse stories give me give me a unique perspective on on a situation not this expected like well fucking god this it's just so toxic and gross it's so gross I hate it. I mean, none of the men in the story know how to take no for an answer, right? No. Gaston, the beast. I'd even venture to say her dad, maybe. Yeah. I mean, like the townspeople for sure, collectively, right? Like all of the men in this are so stubborn, right? Like from the very beginning, when you see the dad who's supposed to be the good person, right? And the horse is like, nah, dude, we got to go this way. And he's like, no, 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 I know it's this way. And then he blames the horse later for like, you know, where he is and what's going on when he clearly didn't fucking listen to somebody else and their opinion or like, I don't know, apparent signs that this is not the way to go. Um, And then there's like the mob in their song uh, when they're like, kill the beast. Uh, they say um, 50 Frenchmen can't be wrong right because of course they can't right because like how how can even just one of them be wrong they they all have like this kind of like collective maleness and this collective 
consciousness that they all subscribe to. They're all stubborn. They all suck. They all enable each other. Oh, Gaston, you're sad. Here, all you need to do is punch somebody. Punch me, man. Punch me. It's totally cool. Yeah. Why don't you punch him too? It's great. Like, also, she's crazy. She's crazy for not liking you. You know? <laughs> and, like, and they panic and, and they so quickly go to like, there's a thing I don't understand. I'm going to kill it. That's bad. That's odd. That's this, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's it's just so shitty because then, like, the women in the story, other than Belle, are double agents of the patriarchy, right? Where they're working Truly. to normalize this behavior and they're participating in it willingly. And, you know, like, everybody's fawning over Gaston. I can't tell you how upset I was at the amount of boob jiggle in this movie. <laughs> and fucking... Every woman, especially, of course, the three sisters, right? But, like, even Belle and all this stuff, and I'm just like, why? <laughs> why in a children's movie do we need to uh, make sure it's, like, you know, in a video game when that's, like, the first thing that they animate, you know? Um, but, like, yeah. women exist to be tame and I and objectified, you know? Uh, the, three, the three sisters or whatever, the bread girl, Belle, and, like, and it's just so... Shitty because they place so much importance on beauty in the film rather than intellect. And okay, cool, whatever. That's why Belle is subject to what she is or uh, to the ridicule and everything. They literally say it's a pity and a sin that she doesn't fit in because she's so fucking hot, right? Like that's, that's yeah. the subtext there. She's so hot. I wish that she were more down with the patriarchy or she yeah. were more down for what we're all about because she, she would be so successful if she wasn't smart. Because they would benefit from that. They would yeah. benefit from her taking part in all of that. Well, there's also a level of like her existence questions everything that they are. So seeing her is sort of hard for them to reflect because if she can exist outside of this. Well, I mean, again, bigger quotes. She I think what this is what they were trying to do, but I don't think they did it well. If if she if they're looking at her and they think that she can exist outside of this patriarchy and have autonomy and have this agency, what does that mean for them and their lives? Right? They're not willing to confront right. that. They don't want to ask that question. Therefore, they're going to continue to exist in this way, and she's the wrong one. We're correct, right? Which is just right. a whole nother level of like pitting women against women and like that whole situation. Um, oh yeah, that was. A whole fucking thing in this thing. Yeah. <laughs> but also the animation on this was, say it with me, bad. It was terrible. I'm not getting fully down on the animators, but they ran out of time. I think they ran out of oh, complete oh, oh. time. They actually did. Uh, or I mean, I'm assuming that they did because they reused um, the dance scene from Sleeping Beauty. So the dance scene between Belle and the Beast is shot for shot exactly what oh, happened in the sleeping beauty and you can there's youtube videos where like you pull them up like side and by side perfect. and it's the same fucking animation it's the same fucking thing and That's there's it. like another thing i think like the smoke and uh beast transformation was real smoke and that was from the black cauldron and like so there's like all these things where they just like you thought nobody would notice like <laughs> you to me that seems just so cheap <laughs> I, it, like, because to me, I'm like, yeah, use reference, but at the same time, come on. Well, especially too when we're when you're like looking at her face, I feel like her eye. Eric pointed this out. He's like, watch, watch her face. 
it changes all the time. Like, oh, it does. The yeah. placement of her eyes is constantly fluctuating from widening to a decrease. Like her cheekbones. Like, her cheekbones go in and out. Like her, she's never on model. She's never like her mm-hmm. shit looks goofy. And there are times where like her hand is up and fingernails are on her hand, and then they disappear. And you're like, oh, did you just get tired of drawing fingernails? <laughs> like, <laughs> what happened? Uh, again, I don't want to like get into the like technical how it's like bad in that way but it is fun to watch like if you go back and watch it it's very messy um going back to that dance real quick you were saying about like the lyrics and how like sometimes it kind of illuminates a little bit of of the the story itself or sort of the lack of um awareness that the story has for itself in Mm -hmm. the beauty and the beast song when they're dancing the lyrics both a little scared, neither prepared or whatever. What was that the line? Uh, both a little scared, neither one prepared, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Okay. Both a little scared. Belle should be terrified. Like, they're not both a little. It's like, it's completely negating the fact that she is being held there against her will. It's completely ignoring the fact that she is currently his slave. So both a little scared. no. She should be terrified. What is happening? Neither one prepared. Prepared for what? Oh, to fall in love. That's right. It's supposed to be a love story. Like, what? (laughs) That line is so jarring for me on rewatch because I'm like, this is toxic and terrifying. It's not a little scared. Maybe Beast is a little scared because he's confronting some bullshit that he has to face in in, in just existing near Belle. So maybe he's a little scared with having to confront that toxicness, but she should be fucking she should be terrified. terrified. Oh my god! I'm not uh, trying to say right that she should feel anyway, but like Jesus. Right after that song, Chip's like, "Oh, mom, like you know, yes. wait, I don't get it. What?" And she's like, "There may be something there that wasn't there before." And then right, yes. and she's like, "I'll tell you when you're older." And like my adult brain immediately went to. Beast's got a boner right now. That's what she can't say. Because, like, if oh it's, like, God. just falling in love, like, oh, well, they're falling in love. Why the fuck can she say anything unless you're alluding to sex? Like, because that's, that's always, also- like, you're not old enough to hear this. You're not old enough, right? But, but- And oh it's in one of the songs where there's a line that says that it's been 10 years since they'd had anybody there. And so, like, Danny and I were debating this, and we're, like, he was, like, no, no, no. They've had somebody there before. Like, that's because I was, I thought, like, oh, maybe that's like, you know, it's been 10 years since the curse took place or whatever. And he's like, no, 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 no. I think so. Like, I, I don't know, but like, I thought that was fun to throw out there. So she the might not be the first person, you that know? They've tried this with somebody else and that plan did not and go well. And she's their last hope. Wow. So I, I don't bet. Know. I, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to say that's what happened because. This shit's all fucked up. Like, it's it's messy. Well, okay. I, ew. Oh, my God. That's kind of gross. Right? Oh, <laughs> fuck. What if we wrote a horror story about that? <gasps> Wait, didn't they already do one? It was called Beast. We could do it better. We could do it better. Oh, Vanessa Hudgens. Ooh, is this where we start, like, our own production company? Maybe. And then we let's start go. doing this, like, the way that things should have been. Ooh, yeah. Let's do it. Hey, Blumhouse, hit us up. A24, give us a budget. Let's rage. <laughs> Um, but also the, the, the writing of, um, the, the, the sexual innuendo aspect is all, every moment of that is always coming from this male place. Well, it's like, well, I'll tell you when I'm older, what love? You're not going to talk about love with your kid. Like, no, because they're not talking about love. They're talking about fucking. They're talking about sex. They're talking about sexual intercourse. They're talking about 
all of that, which is such a a male thing. Like, ugh, God, like, re- like, oh, we can't talk about that to kids. They're t- the song's about love. What other, what other subtextual thing is there? Oh, you're thinking about fucking. Got it. That's why this joke is in there. That's why it's ha 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 funny. And then even before when um, what's her name? The cabinet when she opens her bottom yeah. drawer and moths fly out. Um, oh yeah yeah yeah. What an absolute male perspective of just like ah, oh, it's dusty down there. There's moths down like. Uh, oh, also with the wardrobe, right? Up. She in the final battle, she dresses a dude in drag, right? In the final oh. fight, and he's so horrified that he runs out because that is terrifying to yeah. men in the 1990s, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like he cannot. Yeah, which to yeah. me is just like whatever. This, I mean, this movie dances around. It's because this movie is for men. This movie is a male centric story. So it dances around male homosexuality also, which is just like great. But like either give it to us or don't like stop. Well, I'd argue that it's like it's, you know, because this story is trying to be so heteronormative, like the like Lefro or Lefro, Lefou? a little short dude that loves Gaston, right? Yeah. He's kind of an idiot. He's a bumbling idiot. He's kind of weird and he's like definitely the butt of the joke and every scene that he's in he's never to be taken seriously right and then when we see another when we see a dude that is like you know in drag then all of a sudden that is horrifying and he is taken out of the fight for supposedly their you know their land and their freedom and stuff because that is such a terrifying idea true and like also also, like look look at lumiere like imagine if What's her name? Push broom with boobies. What is her name? I keep forget like the character. I don't know her name. I just the know duster. her as the feather duster. The feather duster. The hot feather duster. I don't um, even know she has a name. I'm gonna look it up. I think they give it to her in the second one. I don't know if she has a name in the first. But imagine like she was so out of place. The only reason Plumet. she was there. It's Plumet. Plumet. There we go. Plumet. I'm so sorry, Plumet. Um. Imagine if she wasn't there. The only reason she is in this story is to make sure that the audience knows that Lumiere and Cogsworth are not a couple. Because because yeah. what what other point does she proves literally nothing? She adds nothing to the story other than to make sure we as an audience know that these two inanimate male objects are not gay for each other. That they don't want to have weird inanimate object gay sex. Like that is the only reason she exists. And it's so like overt and silly and whatever in the same way that the drag thing, like I would rather die than be a woman, right? The guy, I would rather die than play, than perform femininity or perform feminist or perform female. I would rather die. This has hurt me more than this battle right here because this has hurt my my ego and my, my pride. pride and my mentality. Yeah. Yes. It hurts literally the idea of existing as femme or female is more severe than literal violence for a lot of men, which is just like, well, cool. So just goes right back to like, you truly just hate women and feminists and female. I uh, fucking, I, it's so gross. And the more I think about it, the more it makes me <laughs> mad in this movie specifically, like fuck off. Well, and then, like, that's really the whole thing about this movie, right? Is all that the Beast needs to do is to just fucking be nice. He just yeah. needs to be nice, and he can't even do that. Not even when his 
whole life and all of his servant, uh, not even when fucking everything is on the line until yeah. like he gets and until I don't know whatever the fuck happens that like completely 360 or 360, 180, right? That's, <laughs> you know, I play Tony Hawk, um, <laughs> but like, <laughs> but like something changes and then suddenly he's fine. But all he has to do is be nice. But before that, all he does is he tries to control everyone around him by only looking out for his own interest. You know, like he wants Belle to break the spell. He makes her promise to stay in the castle forever. Even when she's crying, he's like, hope you like it. Bye. And then like after like having his fucking fit, he goes to his room, which is like just him living in filth. Just like, you know, that meme where like a guy lives in this room and thinks that it's okay. Right. Yes. It's like one with beasts room. Right. And then he's just yeah. like there and he's like, Ugh, show me the show me the girl. Like can't even say her name when he yeah. looks at the mirror. Just show me the girl. And she's crying. And what does he do? Fucking nothing. But here he is being a shit to her and then going into his room and spying on her. Yeah. Unaware that he's doing that. Because he also and owns her. Like, yeah. Well, also, yeah. which, and this just plays right back into it, this idea, like, what a level one task it is to literally be nice. What a, yeah. well, it's not even level one. It's fucking, it's the, it's the level where you're learning how to control the character. Like it's, it's, le- it's, it's learning how to walk back and forth. It is so simple and so mundane and such an easy task. He can't even do that. And it just goes back to the idea that like men, I, men literally have it so easy. It's crazy. <laughs> but he feels like he deserves all of this. Right. And I think like before I had, I wrote a note that was like, he has the mirror because he's allowed to view the world but not participate in it, right? And then, yeah. like, you know, with you commenting about, like, the inselliness of Beast, I'm like, yeah, dude, he just has this mirror and he feels like he's owed all the things but he can't do anything because he's looked at as an outsider because he's, like, a fucking monster of a person. So he, what does he do? He just, like, sits in his room, looks in his fucking mirror or his, like, you know, his own internet <laughs> and then, yeah. like just like uh, stews and because even becomes even more shitty you know because like even through all, all of this he still can't fucking blame himself you know and truly it, yeah he still he still sucks this whole time he sucks he so bad still and sucks he yeah. still sucks he's such yeah uh, i fucking like truly in the, i had a note at the end of the uh movie when they're having the big fight scene i was like let them both die I don't care. I do not care mm-hmm. if I, like yeah, it's like supposed to be like the good versus evil and and beast is better now and Belle will lose the love. I'm just like I don't give a shit. Let them both die. They're both toxic. They're both yeah. bad. They're both manipulative pieces of shit. Like who cares? I don't care about them. Let them die. Like it does not matter like, to me. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like let their sacrifice be whatever. But we can't let that happen, right? But we will let Belle constantly sacrifice herself over and over again because that's what's expected and that's super noble that's a woman's place all this other stuff you know it's um, yeah she it's needs gross. to she needs to take care of the man but you know what was a little bit more fun once huh. i once i realized it i paused the movie and it changed the whole movie for me looking at beast's character and i texted you this already but <laughs> <laughs> if you watch this movie and you think of Adam Driver's inspiration for Kylo Ren yes. came from Beast. Like it is 
almost fucking spot on. Like the way they both have a tantrum, the way they talk, their voice. Well, she's she can starve, you know, like all this other stuff. I'm just like, oh my god, this is it. This is so fun. That made this movie infinitely more tolerable for me. <laughs> Episode seven is just Beauty and the Beast in space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all it is. Belle is a young woman living in the 1700s with her father in the French countryside. All of the local townsfolk look down on her intellect and individuality, except Gaston, who sees her as a prize. He is, I don't know, owed or something for existing, I guess. Belle's father goes off somewhere and ends up on the wrong trail and finds himself in prison for trespassing on the beast's property. Belle becomes aware of her father's imprisonment and convinces the beast to let her take his place. Jumping at the opportunity, the Beast's servants, whose souls are trapped in various household objects, try to get him and Belle to fall in love so that the curse can be broken and they can all go back to their normal lives. After a rocky start, their plan begins to work. But when Belle's dad is in trouble, she goes to save him, causing the townsfolk to riot and storm the Beast's castle. There's a fight. Gaston dies. The Beast dies. Belle cries. And he's back alive. The curse is lifted and they all live happily ever after. I guess. Okay, I like that we got to see all of the people become people and have their lives and have their loved ones remember them and everything. So this movie, to me, felt like while I was watching uh, Beauty and the Beast, I was like, wait, but what about how come it's so close to the town and the people don't remember it or don't go there or anything? And it felt like they tried to like fill all of those little plot holes with like just like one little line. And I was like, OK, cool. That's fine. But yeah. like I really, really liked that we got that moment of like the families being reunited and seeing them truly as people rather than objects. OK, yeah. I absolutely agree with you. So overall, there was a lot that I liked. And this is going to be the... It's not really... Is it a hot take? I don't even know what a hot take is anymore. But it is a take. It's my take. It's opinion. Um, I like this movie better than the other one. Just on a story level, it did so much more filling these weird gaps of of assumption with like something... Not to say that the something is good, but... They're filling it with something that bridges the gap, whether it's Belle's mom and that whole subset of story with her and her dad or more of about Beast. We'll get into being, that. Yeah, which is a whole thing. And I'm not <laughs> and I'm not saying that these these fillings, these bridges, these gaps are good. I'm saying from a story perspective, I liked it that it was yes. more clear. It was it was way more concise in the way that it told these bad things. And I was you know, I followed along more instead of just these huge leaps and bounds of assumption. But at the end, that inclusion of all of the characters coming back into their human form and then being recognized by their loved ones, one moment that gave, it was supposed to be humorous, um, that gave more credence to the idea that Cogsworth and Lumiere are gay for each other, which yep. Cogsworth comes back into his human form and his wife, I'm assuming it's his wife, runs over and gives him a hug. She's like, Cogsworth, Cosworth, Cosworth. And he is like literally disgusted by her kisses. She's like trying to grab his butt. And he's just like, oh my God, ugh, get off of me. This is too much. And then even later when they're dancing, she like tries to kiss him and he like jerks back. And it's just, whoa. See, okay. It, it's so supposed to be funny. We both, but had different, we both had different takes on this and we were mad for different reasons, right? Because like you said, obviously like there's the, um, what would Lumiere and Cogsworth's celebrity name be? 
their their celebrity couple name, Lumiersworth or Cogsair, Cogsair, <laughs> Cogsair. <laughs> well, anyways, which so, what sounds you know, gayer? <laughs> what sounds more gay? Uh, I'm gonna say Cogsair. Probably the Cogsair. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so um, Cogsair, right? So there's that, and so like him having this reaction to a woman makes sense. Another the way that I took it was female sexuality or or female desire like sexual desire is unwanted or it's kind of like gross and nasty and like not allowed and like you know i do i do know what you're saying yeah yeah so that's how i took it and so i love that you took that and now i'm just like both of them are correct (laughs) well there's and then here's here's also a third take that's more more in line with yours that i also felt um just in the and i i know this takes place in the 1700s whatever but in the general I guess collective zeitgeist of 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 romantic relationships, the understanding of of what we're told romantic relationships are or partnerships look like. There is this big assumption, and largely because a lot of media is presented and made for straight cis heteronormative uh, relationships, there is always this underlying "I hate my spouse" to everything, to literally everything. Mm-hmm. It's like the old ball and chain. That this person, ah, oh, my wife sucks. She's so naggy. Oh, my husband's disgusting. He smells so bad. All of these like very gendered understanding, but it's like marriage is not you hate like if you hate this person, why are you with them? Right. So yeah. t- so t- like if you really like obviously you're different people with different ways of existing, but like they're the, the, the fun, wacky sitcom expectation of like fun couples or like marriage is just tough is this understanding that each person in that relationship has to hate the other one. There's no middle. It's just, I hate you. You're gross, but I love you. And it sucks. And it's like, go somewhere else, I guess. Like you can leave at any point, but that's also what, that's what I read in this too. It was very just like, yeah. Oh my God, he's been away from his wife. But like immediately like, Oh God, she's back. <laughs> but I love her. And it's like, Ooh, no, yeah, no, no. I, I always hate that in anything where it's like that. Yeah. Like you said, that's just such a big trope where it's like, the husband and wife hate each other or one of the people hates the other one and they're just disgusted yeah. by them. And I'm just like, why? And then like, you know, because, but because it's also- then people get married and then they, they see that. So then they're like, oh, well, the old ball and chain or blah, yeah. blah, blah. And I'm just like, go to bed. Can but we bring that, that back? That, go to bed. That also becomes their entire personality. Whenever they're with their friends, it's like, how's your wife? <laughs> Terrible as always. Ha ha ha. Beer. And then they're like, how's your husband? <laughs> God, a slob sports. Am I right? <laughs> like, just okay. Look, truly, brunch is not a, a personality trait, and neither is hating your spouse. Truly, it's such a boring take. I'm like, get a hobby, get a personality. Like, why are you? Also, if you're not happy, communicate your emotions. Communicate your wants and needs. And if it's not working, talk to your partner. If you're supposed to like this person, you can talk to them. So fucking talk to them. And if you can't do that, it might be a you thing, it might be a them thing, or it might be a you both thing, and it might just not be working. So reevaluate that and stop wasting your fucking time. You don't have that much time here. Figure it out. This is a whole subset of tangent, but it's a really (laughs) silly thing. And this reminded me of both, oh, he's gay and he's not being open or he's not being honest. He's still in the closet, but he's trying to play up this also idea that like, oh, I hate my spouse. And that's also this like double cover for like 
well, I love my wife, but I also hate my, like, lover and hater, but mm-hmm. I'm also gay. And so, like, using that as, like, I love, you know, it's like a double beard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and whole- so there's a lot of choices. Like, I, I agree that I think that this story was better in terms of, like, how it was told or, you know, the pacing of it was better. It felt like a more complete story rather than cliff notes, right? So I 100% agree with you on that. And it's it's basically beat for beat the same um, yeah. with some minor tweaks, right? And so, and it's like a half hour or 45 minutes longer than the original, right? Okay. But one of my my issues was, okay, great. Like, I feel like they, they did more work to earn the really, like, the thing that I really liked, they did more work to earn the relationship between Belle and the Beast. And I want to talk later on about the ways in which they connect. But there's so many choices that they made that I don't understand or I don't understand why they decided to change that. So like I had a friend literally tell me like the new Beauty and the Beast isn't that bad. I mean, she's uh, they make Belle the adventure, you know, and I'm like, oh, OK, that's cool. So I was actually kind of excited to, to watch this. And the only thing that we see Belle make, they never like are like, oh, she's an inventor. She's this, you know, it's just kind of like her doing this on her own, not really shown off, whatever. She makes a washing machine. <laughs> she's that's so her the whole thing is like oh but she's she's an inventor now she made a fucking washing machine yeah Ugh! we stand gender roles in this house <laughs> and that's the only thing that we see her make right that's the only time that no. we really see her do that and she's while she's like so like the the donkey is making is doing the laundry right because she used a pulley system yeah and she's teaching another uh, a young girl to read and then they destroy everything that she has like they destroy all of the stuff they throw her clothes in the dirt they do all of this and i'm like okay like we could have done that same thing but done something completely different it yeah. didn't have to be her washing fucking clothes why Fuck did, you why didn't she invent the car make her invent a car that's cool like, what the yeah. fuck? Could have literally been anything. Oh, I'm actually looking it up right now. I think there's a French word for what this is. Toxique. Yeah, it's actually very toxic, Um, the way that they did that. <laughs> uh, The way that they just made her an inventor, but then that's... No, but you're washing clothes. Like, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, great. Great, great, great. Yeah, yeah, cool. God. Sick. Yeah. We love. <laughs> my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's so bad. Yeah, it's a lot. Mm. Okay, something else that I really, really hated, and I know that you're... Well, we'll get back to Belle because there's a lot of shit to talk about with her, surprisingly. Well, maybe not as much. But again, things that they tried to, like, pat themselves on the back. Like, again, oh, see, she's smart. She could do this, right? Like, ugh. Yeah. But um, I really did not like uh, Lafrau. Laf- How do you say Lafou? his fucking name? LeFou, I fucking hated him and he kept taking me out of this movie. And I feel like he was even more like he was. Okay, this movie was terribly fucking written, like language wise. And it was so jarring because it would the dialogue didn't match for anybody, especially for him. And so he was kind of like he was made even more so like a joke. And like it was more apparent that he was like in love with him. But to this like really gross, toxic, disgusting extent that like the other one was at least I, I don't know. He felt a little bit more innocent. But this one 
was just like he was just a garbage fucking person. But, but see, to me, I'm I liked it more. Yes, it was gross and toxic and like very messy, emotionally messy. I liked it more because it was more clearly defined as a one-sided romantic obsession. Very clearly, mm-hmm. more it was like whereas before they were both just kind of like aloof, dopey pirate guy, right? Like they were just very like we're whatever, and like I love him. Did I say that? Oh, like you know what I mean. Whereas in this one, it's very clear like he's looking at his muscles. He wants to hug him. He's trying to touch his face. He's trying to like. He's doing everything except asking him to marry him, right? Like, yeah. he's so present. I think the performance of Josh Gad is also just, I mean, it is it is very Josh Gad Disney. Josh Gad is owned mm-hmm. by Disney essentially now, right? Like with Olaf and everything. To me, I'm like, great. I thought he was well cast. I do, in, in my opinion, I think he did a good job. I think Gaston was garbage. I- okay. I hated yeah, I, Gaston. I liked all of his movements, all of um God, I can't love whatever. All of his movements, all like the way that he played it, but I think just his lines and the the delivery of them. Yeah. Like really took me out of it cuz it's almost like I expected him to look at the camera, right? And to just like, be like he was he's he's uh he's a modern person stuck there and I was like Okay, like you suck, but, but, see, for, but yeah, I liked I like that more uh, overtness of it. Yeah, but, well, because also like if you if you're creating the Lefou character to be way more overt and in his sexuality, do the same thing with Gaston, where he's like he is the biggest himbo in the world. He is so aloof. He is so goofy. He is so self obsessed. Like like you said, you're expecting him to look at the camera. At it. At a moment where he looks directly at the camera and says, I look good or something, and then cut away and show that he's looking in a mirror instead of looking at the audience. Have that silliness literally break the fourth wall. Like, that's how you amplify this very dopey, handsome character who is so out of the realm of reality. Like, whereas this character was just like, look at my chin, and they're like, okay. And he's like, anyways. And you're like, what? No, this is not Gaston. <laughs> You are giving zero himbo energy and I need 100% himbo energy and you're not bringing any of it, you fool. Whereas LeFou was perfectly playing like, if LeFou had done that performance next to like a big old himbo, it would have been perfect. It would have slam dunked it. It would have been like, the gay tension would have been palpable. Gaston would have had no clue that he was being pursued by this guy who he considers his best friend, but also the guy he abuses. You know what I mean? Like it would have been this whole, ugh, Okay, yeah, I'll I'll give you that, but I also think that just he was probably the one character in all of this that wasn't edgier or like it, they didn't try to make him like darker because it felt like they tried to make everybody darker or everything have a little yeah. bit more of this. Like it did not have the same charm as the first one. When I first saw the like Lumiere and Cogsworth, I was just like, this is terrifying. And you should like when the dad runs, yeah. I was like, that's the right fucking answer because this is horrifying. Right. Yeah. But like, so it it's meant to be scarier. It's meant to be more realistic. It's meant to be all of this. And, you know, and they like pat themselves on the back for things like uh, Belle's apron has a pocket, you know, so she could put her books there. Duh. And I'm like, you know, what reads- I'm trying to like. <laughs> When I'm trying to look up stuff, I'm like, okay, this is boring. Like, none of this is anything. But, like, 
yeah, so they made him, they had to make him just this even more of a shitty person, but like more sinister. Like, yeah. you know, like, whereas like in the cartoon, he starts off aloof and all this stuff. And then he slowly becomes more sinister as he's denied his boon. Right. So another way in which they changed Gaston's character was rather than just being a hunter, they made him an ex-soldier and a rapist. Um, oh yeah! Because when when he's talking, when he's trying to calm guest or uh, Lafo is trying to calm Gaston down, he says, "It's okay. Think of war. Think of war. Think of killing. Think of widows. So many widows." And he's like, "Ooh, widows!" So he is like, presumably killing these women, these women's husbands, and then fucking them. And I'm just like, "Okay, cool. Like we like." And I that's supposed to be a comedic beat, but why the fuck would you write that in there like that? Yeah. It's also it's also big anti it's also big anti himbo energy, which is the exact opposite of what this character should be, which is just bad writing. Also, it's it's and it's also the more you think about it, the more it's just to clearly define. Whereas in the last one, the good and evil wasn't as clear; it wasn't mm-hmm. as dichotomous. Whereas in this one, they wanted to be very clear that like Gaston is bad from the jump and then they tamed beast a little bit right it, there were there, there were moments of just like why is she here and blah 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 it wasn't him like screaming at a door like essentially being like you stupid asshole like why aren't you blah? like in the first oh, one he, he did was, that though he still did but i feel like in this one they made him softer they made him oh i absolutely did not really? feel like that I felt like he was even more aggressive from the get-go, and then he softened up even more so. So I felt like he at least earned his earned how he was. But like he in the in the first one, I think he like decides to give her a room, or he like does all this stuff. And in this one, he's like, "Why the fuck did you give her a room? Why would you do this?" Like he he is so much more aggressive and like in their like and so much more abusive to his staff. But, like, you don't remember that by the time it gets to the end because he's so different, which is good. But, like, yeah. also they, they go out of their way to make him even more of a villain in uh, in the first part, right? Where we see him as a human and all of the other people as humans participating in this wealth and in this this display of wealth. And they go into, like, what a bad dude that he is. So, okay, cool. But, but to like, me... But like, what a bad dude. The only, like, and this, this also is very strange for me. The whole story is predicated on this idea that like this stranger wandered into his house and he didn't accept this random thing from her. And there, she's like, you're bad now. <laughs> Go away. Or like, you're a beast. I'm just like, this strange person just walked into my house. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's predicated on this very, very loose and very shaky foundation. It does not hold up. It's such a bizarre story to start off. It's like, it is supposed to be like, he didn't want to fuck her because she's old. And now he, like, you know what I mean? Like, what weird basis for that story? It's like, well, she's a complete stranger in this house. And she's giving him a rose for what reason? No words are exchanged. Why is she here? Who let her in? What's going on? I mean, not to like Mm -hmm. give credence to like the rich people because 100% big air, peace sign, eat the rich. But I am also, (laughs) I would also be like, who are you (laughs) like i'm having a party what's happening and why are you here like do you not see my makeup i look great and why are you giving me a you know what i mean it's (laughs) it's a whole thing it is a very very goofy and loose base for a story to begin with i mean so i and i also 
I want to preface two hours into the podcast. <laughs> um, I want to preface <laughs> and just say all of my opinions are only expounded upon the understanding for the audience to know I don't like this story. As a story in both iterations, it's bad. It's not a good story. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't have been remade. I mean, of the two, I prefer the new one. However, the story itself is still garbage. It's still bad. And it's literally on the foundation of some flimsy witch story, but then is also just expounded in this slavery, entrenched and emotionally abusive, whatever. You know what I mean? So it's bad. Stockholm Syndrome, all of the things. So, yeah, yes. all of the things we've talked about. It is a bad story. Um so I guess yes, because he was still he was still very aggressive and very bad. But my impression, because of the way they repainted Gaston, is that they were trying to be more clear in the stakes of good v evil. Even though, as a story again, it's so muddied and unclear because the good guy is bad and the bad guy is potentially the same, if not a little worse. So like mm-hmm. what like what what even is that then? Um but but my impression in this version is that they try to paint Beast as more of a good guy than previous just to try to make the story a little bit more cookie cutter. Well, they also tried to like give him a reason, right? So like when you look yeah. at one of the things that Bell and the Beast bond over is childhood trauma. So like yeah. We we get this little side story of her mom who like, okay, I need to fucking complain about this for a minute because <laughs> like, so her mom was uh like the moms in this were referenced specifically so their deaths could be like a catalyst for their kids to feel shitty or whatever. But then also like, so they can bond over shitty dads and I don't understand why like her dad can't say like your mom died of the plague i don't understand why like and like i i thought that the mom was actually going to be the inventor i thought the mom was going to be like you know when we got that backstory because the way that the dad says it he says something about um while bell's complaining you know he says uh this is a small town that's small-minded that's safe what the fuck does he mean because clearly his daughter is getting like berated for just thinking or reading or making a goddamn washing machine and so like i was like okay cool so maybe like they were in a big town and mom was super smart and did a bunch of stuff and she got killed for that that would have been way cooler and that's why he wasn't gonna say anything and that's where my mind was going i was like because i know like again a lot of people were like oh this is better and they like you know she's the inventor and all this stuff and it's literally just she died of the plague yeah. Like, okay. Use women's bodies and, as props and story beats. Yeah. And Women she likes roses <laughs> because her mom had a rose. I was like, okay, that is stupid. That is dumb. And then, yeah. like, so so that's her trauma, right? So she reconciles that because the beast <laughs> is able to help her reconcile that by actually physically seeing it. But the beast thing, like they mentioned his mom literally for a second. And it's just to say, when mom died, my dad beat me. This is why I'm a shitty person. Yeah. Okay. So, so again, okay? like, like I was saying earlier, this movie added more story elements to bridge some of the gaping holes 
from the other one with some some element of of cohesion what they added was not good <laughs> they added more bad to fill out an, a, a, an empty bad story with with more badness yeah that was i'm just like oh so he's mean because he was abused which i get okay sick, uh, circular trauma inherited trauma generational shit sure also no and also, fuck, <laughs> fucking beast, shut up. Go away. You look like a tree. He looked so bad in this, okay? He looked like he, a treant from he, uh, Lord of the Rings. He did. He Okay, so in the movie, she's like, show yourself or what? Show yourself, JK. Um, where he walks <laughs> in, into the, like, the light. For the first time, I'm just like, this tree man, this is bad. He looks bad. Also, isn't the beast supposed to be like a hot daddy? Fuck off. This looks bad. He does not look good. <laughs> like... At least in the first one, the beast was like not just jacked, but like hot jacked. He was like daddy. Whereas in this one, it was like no. Like this was like yeah. this was stepdaddy adjacent. You know what I mean? Like yeah. not even like a cool stepdad, like mean stepdad. Like not good. We don't like him. But <laughs> oh, there's two or there's one really funny moment when she's falling in love and they're outside and it's like snow day. <laughs> We're playing in the snow. She throws a <laughs> snowball at him and then he grabs like a big fucking watermelon sized snowball and throws it at her fucking face and it knocks her to the <laughs> ground like that broke her nose. She got knocked out and they just breeze past it and just go to another scene. I was just like, what the fuck? fuck just happened like it's supposed to be a funny moment but i'm like that would have broken her nose what is happening yeah like they're like oh. the way that they approached like the way that they tried to make this story darker right and the way that they yeah, tried no, to make you. it funnier it's like there was like six different writers on this but like each person was writing a character because the way that any everybody interacted or everybody talked didn't really make sense you yeah. know and again the only reason that bell and beast like start to develop a relationship is because it's like oh you read i read too oh you read you read shakespeare gross like you know like and he like puts her down for what she reads right and then he's like yeah well look at my books you should read these books these are the books that you should read and then it's like oh okay so they share that okay well whatever yeah. and then they bond over just you know again childhood trauma which i get like that's a real thing that's a way to create that connection right but i yeah. feel like that's that's a shitty way that's a that's a shitty tropey cheap way to do it for both of these characters it is yeah it's not it's it was not a good choice it was a cho i mean it was a choice that illuminated a little bit more of the plot again but it just was not a good choice like no I did not like that. Also, yeah. like th th these moments again, like you were saying with like, well, she's an inventor. Like she made a washing. Like, okay, go like bored. This is boring. I hate this so much. And also reiterates misogynistic tropes. Cool. Gender norm, all that bullshit. There's a moment when she is trading her place for her dad's and the beast is like getting impatient because he's just like, you need to get in the jail cell and your dad, whatever. And she's taking her time, I guess. And he like says, hurry up. And she's like, what I'm only assuming in the writer's room, they're like, yeah, female empowerment. She talks back to him, <laughs> which I'm just like, shut the fuck up. That's so boring. Like, this is so sick. Oh, this is so girl boss. This is hashtag girl boss vibes. This is so, so big. Weird. This is hashtag fem power. <laughs> we stand. Um, but she says, I'm sure somebody wrote this and thought it was so good. She says, forever can spare a minute. <laughs> and <laughs> 
they were so proud of that. They like were I, so I paused proud. the movie. I paused the movie when we were watching it, and I looked at Dave and Danny, and I said, "They are so proud of this line right it's, now. They are so proud of this." It was. It was so. It was also so bad. But Emma ate it up. She, oh, she languished did. that line, and I also decided that I'm getting that as a lower back tattoo now. Um, just <laughs> forever can spare a minute. Ty um, We love. Oh my god! It was so like it made it was. I could just feel, I could feel them being like, yeah, girl boss, you tell the patriarchy. And I'm in my head, I'm like, she's literally going into slavery. Shut the fuck up. Like, this is not the, like, what a small, small thing. Like, this means nothing, literally means nothing. But it being like, hashtag girl boss, she's like standing slavery. Like, shut up, shut up. Oh my God. It was so, so and- bad. <laughs> You know, she's so much stronger than the other Belle. Like, oh my God, you guys, we did such a good job. We did has, such she, a good job. She she hashtag clapped back. She went, she 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 looked at the patriarch and she said, uh, no thanks. <laughs> it was <laughs> bad. It was canonically bad. Um <laughs> I really oh, man. I I loved some of the really trash moments in this. Okay. Okay. I do want to get to a moment that I very earnestly cried at. And I know based on my performance here tonight, you would not think that this movie would have made me cry. And it fucking did. So they didn't need to add this. And they did. And I'm kind of mad, but also like kind of into it. Because like it was like a good cry. It was really nice. But when Beast dies, before he gets brought back to life, hashtag Jesus vibes. So... All of the characters who are objects in the home start to lose their cognizance. They just disappear. So like um, Mrs. Potts is like running around trying to find Chip and she's like, where's my son? Where's my son? Because she knows what's coming. And then the face on the cup just disappears and she's gone. And the same thing they show Chip. And then uh, I forget the dog, the dog, the dog Ottoman, Uh, his owner's. Dogman, yeah. Dogman's owners disappear and he runs up to them to try to get their attention and they're not moving. And you can that see him me. distress and then he disappears. And they do it with each of the characters. And then Cogsworth and Lumiere are the same way where they're just like, Cogsworth, he starts ticking out of time and he's like, I know it's coming. And then Lumiere says something along the lines of like, it's been a pleasure serving with you. Or it's been like something to that effect, like we're dying and I know we're going to die and I'm thankful for our friendship. Fucking fuck me up like straight up destroy my fucking heart because like the the rest of it is silly and bad for the most part but like this was one one of the most like earnest sad things i was just like this is terrifyingly sad like this is this is literally the family on the top bunk in the barracks of the titanic as it's sinking the mom holding her two kids as water rushes into the room knowing that they're gonna die this is so sad and like this is heart- toy story oh my- three when this- they were all in the conveyor belt about to go to the incinerator it's truly it's that all of our characters are dying right before our eyes for no reason no reason other than circumstance are they being put in this position they've done nothing i mean for the other than completely manipulating and um seizing this woman and helping carry out this manipulative plot they've done nothing wrong you know what i mean like <laughs> so i cried and it was beautiful and I absolutely loved it. Also, I wanted more of Stanley Tucci just because uh he is daddy to me. And um Who did he play? He played the piano or the, the harpsichord. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which okay, 
I loved that fight scene so much. Did you love it or did you hate it? It was good. I, See, I think it, it made more it made more sense. And I think that the way that they did that fit more the tone of of the film, for sure. <laughs> Dang. Drag <laughs> drag this movie. Well, no, I mean it was it was <laughs> Okay. I feel like that was that, such like, that was like a fun underhanded. Just like, <laughs> did you like this? Well, it definitely fit the movie. <laughs> like, I mean, oh I, no, it was. It, I think it was good because it was each one of them like doing it right, yeah. and then I yeah. think like seeing them fight that hard and you know be so creative about how they were fighting, yeah. and then then made the the next scene that we just talked about where they're all like you know disappearing that made that even more heartbreaking i guess because you see them fight so hard for their existence yeah and in the end there's nothing that they could do to so yeah i i thought it was great i thought it was really cute um they still did the wardrobe thing and then the guy that loved it i was like yes i love that you love this but i hate that the other two guys still went away because then i felt like that was still making fun of the whole thing in the same ways you know yes i Fully agree. I did love that the one guy loved being in drag. Yeah, but at the same time, it was still like, I feel like we're still making fun of queer people in this. Yes. Like, I like cool, and I love the fact that like one guy's into it, but at the same time, I'm like, this is still like very anti queer, anti women, which it's is supposed bad. to be a funny moment, right? Which yeah. it doesn't need to be a funny moment because you're laughing at him because he likes being in a dress. Like, I, I, I just don't. I didn't like that. And then yeah. I didn't really like that he got together with Lafrau. Or Lafrau is like from a different fucking movie. Um, <laughs> Lafu. Like I didn't, I didn't like that they got together at the end because I was just Same. like, okay, cool. You're putting the two queer characters together and you're doing it in a condescending way. Fucking yeah. whatever. And it, to Gorge. me, it was like the, it was the same as like, or maybe a little bit more prominent of like them putting like two women kissing in Star Wars for like half a second, <laughs> you know? And I'm just like, okay, cool. Like, what do you but, mean? Like, That's that, all the queer representation the we need. Yeah, That's all the queer representation. Way. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Ab- it was absolutely it was absolutely uh I'm yeah it was it was not good. I so I did like that LeFou halfway through the fight was kind of like. Well, Gaston hates me, so fuck it. I'll fight with you oh, guys. Oh, yeah, that was great. I forgot about that. That was he, fucking awesome. Yeah, where he like owned, he's just like, you know what? This guy's a piece of shit, and he doesn't like me. I've done so much for him. Fuck it. I'm fighting against him. He sucks now. I'm fighting on this side. Let's rage. And I was like, you know what? Good for you, LeFou. Like, we love this. We love it. Also, can we talk about Audra McDonald and her fucking amazing voice her six-time tony award-winning oh, voice so good absolutely yeah. destroying oh she's she's fantastic um yeah i also i like that this movie was significantly less white however it was only like like i don't know i like that there was brown folk and black folk in the town right there's there's like a well gi- and in the castle too like it was and in the castle yeah yeah uh, that's so, something i noticed right off the bat but like yeah but at the same time how often are these people in the movie hardly and the black folks who are in the castle are objects <laughs> you know what i mean like they're playing a wardrobe or whatever like they're not they're literally not people 
in that capacity. So in, in, this, in the same turn of, I love that this was less white. Um, I'm still like, oh, but you guys like... <laughs> You still, but they're all background cast, characters still. Yes, they're background or they're inanimate objects. <sighs> also, I thing. thought you said castle, like asshole and castle, like Ooh, that put together. Been fun. Um, castle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do want to talk for a minute about the other women in the film. Again, we have the same problems of of just like you know the the townsfolk, uh, women against women, the whole thing, right? How women are like that are ahead of their time are mocked and considered intimidating and women are meant to be tucked away and hidden and all this other stuff, right? There's like, they doubled down on that and like pushed that really far. But one of the things that they decided to add again, so in the, uh, no one, something guest on something, something guest on, right? Oh yeah. Uh, in that scene, there's the three sisters, the three women that are fawning for his uh, <laughs> affections, right? And I noticed that, like, the way, and I'm not sure because I don't know as much about, um, like, <laughs> 1700s French styles or French, you know, um, oh my hair God, pieces, Jess. I how guess. Do you, how do you not I know? know. Jesus. I know. I need to get up on my Rococo uh, education. It's yeah. fine. Um, but, like, the bows that they have look like little rabbit ears. Like in the the way that they are, and uh, so I was like, "Oh, are they supposed to be like Playboy Bunny style type?" You know, because that also very much fits this lodge and fits that the yeah. whole vibe. And I was like, "Oh, well, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm being nitpicky, right?" Because I always second guess myself on stuff. And then Gaston refers to them as rabbits in the song. Oh, like he's hunting rap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I was like, oh, cool. So this is like, you know, a sneaky way of trying to further sexualize these women. Like, we needed that. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. How much boob jiggle did we have in this movie? Awesome. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, they're already the sexy bunnies anyways without even pointing it out, right? Yeah. <sighs> what a weird movie. Um. So, like, the first 15 minutes, I couldn't decide if I liked it or hated it. The first introduction to Belle, I thought, was so lavishly terrible. Like, her walking out on this little set with her pitch-corrected voice. voice. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a moment, too, where she's, like, walking out of her garden into the alleyway. They edited it. So, like, she's walking at full stride. And then they cut it. And she's, like, slowed. And then she gets back up. I'm like, you guys could have just edit. Like, come on. She went from a stop to a walk. And you, it just, it felt so like bad and weird and gross. And some of these actors could really sing. They could belt and they could really hit these like Broadway tones. And then it's her, she's like, there must be more than this provincial life. But with like a British accent, because I can't do it. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> not to like drag her completely, but whenever she sang, it definitely took me fully out of it. I was just like, oh. That's fine. Yeah. This is fine. I also like that they incorporated songs from the musical. And not mm -hmm. the movie. Well, because like th the musical embellishes from the original with new songs. And then this version took elements of both of them, including songs from the musical, which I appreciated. I thought was fun and cool. Fun and cool being relative terms. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm babbling. <laughs> Jess, what else did you think about this movie? <laughs> um, oh, okay. Something that infuriated me was mm. when... 
in the Be Our Guest song, I think, where Belle drinks from the the cup and saucer, right? Where you're supposed to grab the thing and then, you know, and oh, put it back on the plate. Yeah. But she just like throws that shit into her face. Like, I'm sorry, that's not how you drink from a cup and sauce. Yeah. And you like, and also it's just going to smell all over your fucking self. And she doesn't eat at all during that whole scene. So this whole thing is like, you know, like, oh, here, be our guest, eat all this food, blah, blah, blah. And there's watching Emma Watson perform as Belle, I feel like was just, it was very... This movie was very messy. I like Emma Watson. She's... This movie the, was just badly written and badly directed, and she was yeah. just over half of... Like, I'm going to say probably 90% of her character is just her smiling or soft smiling and just kind of, like, looking at things or looking yeah. at people. You know, there's so much, so many times that it just pans to her, and she's just, like, looking I'm like, okay. Yeah. Why? Like, she's just kind of there. Because, again, she doesn't have it. Like, she still doesn't have any choice in what she does. She's still only being reactive to men's decisions and to men and how they they are. Like, everything that we talked about with the first movie still stands here. You know, these are all just new complaints about the extra 45 minutes they fucking decided to add. Okay. And the the choices that they made, like, they didn't need to make. Why did they add? Uh, so we thought while we were watching this that they were going to make Gaston try to murder her dad by leaving him <sighs> in the forest, right? And we're like, yeah. okay, maybe this is because they don't want to go down the whole, like, crazy talk, mental health stuff, and they, they're trying to be conscious of that. Maybe that's where what they're doing, right? So they're showing this in a different way. And then they just fucking double down and do that, too. And so we're like, wait, why did this even... Why did this even happen? Why Why did did this this even need to be here? What did this add? And the correct answer is nothing. There's so many moments that just added fucking nothing. It it added so much, like, okay, some of it for contextual shit that we'd said, sure, it added some layers of, like, further in-depth story of this bad story. But, so my literal last note on the last one is me looking at the remake and I said, okay, why is the remake two hours and 15 minutes? That makes no sense. And I figured it out. So um, the reason it is two hours and 15 minutes is because they do spend, and I did time it, they spend a million years in the village (laughs) at the beginning. They spend a literal million years doing nothing and then Emma Watson getting on the hill and Sound of Musicking for no reason and then she's like back in the village and she's like, look, a washing machine, but I'm an inventor, girl boss, and then reading and also I'm punished. And then daddy Kevin Klein or whatever. Oh, okay. So I want Kevin Klein to start a clothing company and I want somebody to ask like, oh my God, is that Calvin? I'll be like, it's Kevin. They're like, you mean Calvin? I'm like, no, I mean Kevin Klein. Anyways, that's a whole thing. <laughs> but... Then they spend like three years in the fucking basement. Also, isn't the dad supposed to be like a goofy inventor? Like, kind of like, oh, like I'm crazy. I'm like a goofy miner who's like kind of chubby and like whoop, 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 or whatever. And instead, he's a sad artist that's he's torn sad, and sad uh, because he had to leave his wife because she had the plague, so, but he won't talk about it. And so he's- boring. He's like, look at this canvas. It is pre-art. You're like, shut up. Like, go away. (laughs) This is so boring. Like, where's your cool invention? Where's the axe machine? Like, give me some good... Why is your house not exploding from smoke? And like, your dad's a 
crazy guy. And she's like, oh, but he means well. Like, give me a Robin Williams performance, Kevin Klein. You can't. JK, LOL. <laughs> Kevin, if you're listening to our podcast, like, give me a job. But give me a slapstick, goofy inventor. Like, why not? They why took not? all of the slapstick out of this. They took all of the fun out of this and just tried to make it um, either pleasant or horrifying. I hated like, it. Well, it, yeah, I actually kind of like the movie, but I hated that idea. Yeah, I I think I'm done with this. I don't really have anything else for this. So I it was have, just kind of. Oh, go ahead. You have something. I have one. Well, just one more quick little whoop moment. Um, the scene when he's being chased by the wolves driving to the castle. In my head, I was like, "Oh, cool! I'm watching a a Twilight prequel." It's like that takes place a hundred years ago, <laughs> and it's like when. Because, I mean, aren't they all like a million years old and whatever? They are, is, yeah. Right. So I feel like I'm watching a prequel to Twilight. That's the only thing that I felt um, in that moment. And that's all I have to say about it. <laughs> oh, my God. We oh my did God, it. Oh, my God. That's it. Okay, we solved it. So we watched Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> and the Beasts. Beauties and the Beasts. Is- I realize I did have one more thing to say. In the remake, Beast tells Belle, I'm sorry I ever called your father a thief. That's what you're sorry about? And that's kind of all I have to say. Like, oh, really? That's the one thing you're apologizing about? You absolute monster? Fuck you. Like, I'm sorry I ever called your father. Shut shut up, Beast. Go away. Go away. I mean, she got it. somewhat of an apology in that one, at least. <laughs> <laughs> the other one, yeah, but nothing. even but even like yeah, what yeah. an absolute trash can. He's like, I know you're still my slave, but I'm sorry that I called your dad a bad name. Shush, garbage. <laughs> Anyways, that's the end. That's the last thing that I wanted to say that made me mad. So, um, Eric, yes. What did you think of the 1990 whatever version of Beauty and the Beast? Who is it for? It is for not the general audience because it wasn't finished. <laughs> um, because the animation was bad. That was the joke. Um, it was for men. It just it's for bad cis men, shitty cis dudes. That's it. I think it was their attempt to give their daughters a a more sophisticated role model. Because yeah, this is. What you should be, right? While still uh, reinforcing all of the gender norms and doing all yeah. of the things and knowing your place, right? Um, how strange! How strange it must be to subconsciously hate women all the time, but then have a daughter. God, that must be such a weird life. Yeah, straight cis men, Again, hit us up. Let us know, know how I, it feels. I <laughs> love when growing up, all this other stuff. Like you know, when people would say, "Who's your favorite princess?" Because they fucking ask if you're a woman. They ask you that literally all the time when you're younger for sure when you're in high school when even i still get that like for some reason people just they like that's kind of like how they categorize you almost like what's your house in uh (laughs) what's your house in uh harry potter and i'm just like okay like but it for me it would always be like oh well bell because she Again, because she reads, but then like reexamining that and looking at it, like her intellect never plays into the story and she never actually does anything with it, right? We just know that yeah. she reads. And so we like her because she reads, because she had, has books. We like her because of the prop that we see with her. And that's all we relate 
with her. There's nothing to Belle. We don't know anything about her. We don't know what she likes. We don't know what she doesn't like. We know that she, or we know that she likes books and we know that she does not like Gaston. And that is literally all we know about her. Wait, so, she likes books? Hold on. You know, uh, hold on. Yeah, Wait. I know. It's a thing. She reads? It's a thing. I know. Wow. I know. That's wild. How <laughs> low are we fucking setting the bar when we like a princess just because they have a fucking book? I never realized that and I never realized how low my bar was. And I'm just like, fuck, that that sucks. That really sucks. It's very it's very shitty. And I think that's it's... also very telling about the kinds of role models we had to look up to growing up, right? Like yeah. or, oh, you know, the the family friendly safe ones because you could totally like cause Xena was coming out around the same time, right? And fucking Lucy Lawless was a badass and talk about like complicated, awesome women. Uh anyways, Belle sucks. And it was for <laughs> it was a men's it was a man's attempt to give their daughters someone to look up to. I digress. Agreed. Uh did you like it? Oh no. Are people going to hate me for this? No, I don't like I didn't Boom. like it. I liked it as a kid. And then watching it back now, <laughs> I'm like, no, it's a bad movie. A, production-wise, but also story-wise, it's a bad story. It's bad characters being bad. It's bad. I don't like this story. I just, I don't like Beauty and the Beast. No, I did not. Did you like it? I, my my younger self would absolutely hate me. But no, I did not. I if I yeah. had children, if I ever wanted children, I would not show them this movie. I would not go out of my way to do this and to show my children this because I feel like this is just reinforcing a lot of harmful gender norms under the guise of, you know, female empowerment. And um no, I did not like it and that sucks. <laughs> That's hashtag girl boss, yeah, truly. Yeah. It does suck because I thought I thought I was gonna. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's it's disappointing. It's disappointing to say the least. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> How about the new one? Um, twenty seventeen, Beauty and the Beast. Was this new and interesting or the same? Progressive, regressive. How has the story evolved with today's ideals? Okay, I did not think it was new at all. But I thought it was interesting. So it wasn't new in any capacity because it literally did not change the content of the story or it didn't change what the story meant, even though it added like a shit ton of stuff. Right. So it like it may have added new ideas, but it did not add new themes. It didn't add any new themes, any sort of new, new anything. So interesting in the way that they added to the story, but it was not new um, or good. As far as adhering to today's ideals, it did the most surface level, counterproductive, flagrantly, and I'll use this very specifically because this movie still hates women, the most flagrantly cosmetic in its approach to female empowerment and its approach to generalized feminism as a whole um it wasn't good none of the choices that were made were good it's like it's like they took oh my god this is so stupid and i hate it okay (laughs) sorry (laughs) this is gonna be too much it's like they took a high heel shoe and then they put 
that shoe in a big boot and they're like, yeah, feminism. But then they put a heel on that boot. (laughs) You know what I mean? Where it's just like, yeah, we're, we, we get down and dirty with the boys too, but we do it in heels. You're like, shut. Oh my God. I want that on a t-shirt. It's like, they, they, it's so, it went out of its way to be unnecessarily misogynist and, and very, very tone deaf progressive. Yeah, it's it was it was it was bad. Yeah, um this was not new at all. I was interested at first, but um yeah. I grew less interested as it continued. I feel like they set it up for <laughs> for some really cool possibilities and then yeah. just decided to double down on the the shitty stuff. <laughs> You know, or, you know, just decided to like in an attempt to add nuance, all they did was add noise. Oh, my God. That is so so good. I'm so proud of that. I'm going to get a tattoo of that. Fuck you and your moment is forever. Whatever line. I'm like, (laughs) I'm legit not being facetious. That was fucking cool. Um, Okay. So who was this for, Eric? Uh... Girl bosses, duh. <laughs> no, um, who was it for? It was for uh, it was still for men, which is just like they tried so hard to make it like this is her actual story now. Remember how she was supposed to be the protagonist? Well, now she is, but she still wasn't. She doesn't like, do anything. She still doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't do, anything. do anything. She's still. She's still made to be like even all these like again all these moments of like she's an adventure she's that it's like no but she's still a woman and we're going to remind you of it at every turn through gender specific roles or gender specific tasks or by gender bullshit trash like it was so bad and I'm going to say it was again for men. Who do you um, think this was for? I think this was for the fans that love both love disney and go to disney every weekend uh i'm sorry go to like disneyland or disney world every fucking weekend or every chance they get people that like this on that level and at the same time like the dark knight like their favorite ride is the haunted mansion and like they have like all of this art on their walls and they love they love just like that dark gritty you know because they also loved batman the animated series and they fucking loved the dark knight and it's like the best comic book movie ever right and so this was for those people that wanted that darker grittier like more real more like in there Okay, Sorry. so I do. I know that you have my Pinterest board up on your browser right now, and I actually really don't appreciate that you're kind of trying to drag me here on well, my podcast. Well, see, nobody like, would have known that I was dragging you unless you had said something. So, wow, um, you just added interesting, yourself. interesting. Hmm. The, they would have heard it. They would have actually heard because I don't know if you know this, but there's like actually sounds on Pinterest. It's not just visuals, and they would have heard it. And anyways, it's fine. We're moving past it, but. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, did you like it? Okay, for all the shit I just talked, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> that's the weird that's the weirdest thing for me is that I went into this fully expect like full full intention was going to be bad. It was was expecting to hate it. I didn't. I actually liked it. Like I kind of liked it. 
I don't. Okay, <laughs> this is. I'm dipping into some weird territory here. I don't want to say a lot, so I'm not going to. But just know I was that close to saying a lot. That Ooh. I was that close. Ooh. I know it's a very strange place to be in right now, and I'm feeling very, you know, this like liminal space of like I don't know where I am. I don't know how I'm feeling, but I do know that I liked it. Um, did you like it? Uh, I liked it better than the cartoon. Yeah. Um, would I ever watch this again? Absolutely not. I don't. I don't care you know, about either of these. They can go away into the ether. I will say also. The song, the titular track of the movie, kind of said it all in the first line, right? It's a tale as old as time. Yeah, it shows. <laughs> it's a very it's a very old story. It's very boring and very outdated. <laughs> it is a tale as old as time. Oh my god. I'm it's so an sorry. Old ass, old it's ass. an old story. It's yeah. bad. It's a bad story. And trying to update this old story does not yield positive results for anybody. So Scrap it. We don't need this story anymore. We don't need the old story. We don't need the revision. Um, tell us all this time. Yeah, I think I don't need Beauty and the Beast ever again. <laughs> Me neither. It's so I'm glad true. that we're done with it now. We we know it. Same. We like it. It's like you know how like Marie Kondo says to like like hold something in your hands and look at it and and like really figure out if it sparks joy. I feel like that's what we're doing slowly with all of these movies is we're just like, what sparks joy, right? And it's either going in the trash pile, it's going on the shelf or it's going, well, she says not to have storage, I think, but like, or it's going in storage. So it can just sit there for when we want it, right? Or it's just going to hang out true, on yeah. our uh, movies anywhere and be there. But- um, Oh my God. Is that what our <laughs> podcast is? It's us doing that for with nostalgic <laughs> things, nostalgic movies and stories. I think that's what we're doing. Oh my gosh, I love it! Thank you, Marie Kondo, for absolutely setting the tone and the pace and the foundation for what would become the most successful podcast of all time. It really, yes, truly is all owed to Marie Kondo. <laughs> you know what? I I'll say this. I I'm not afraid to say this. Marie Kondo, she sparks joy. I'm not afraid. She does. And I said it, and I'm not afraid to say it. I will. I'll say it again. She sparks joy. Yeah, I said it again. That's fine. <laughs> and and I'm I'm not afraid to say it. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Take that. Take that world. Take that haters. Um, Take that haters. <laughs> Take that haters. <laughs> All right. And with that, I think that's it. If you would like to write to us, you could do that at nostalgiapodcast at gmail dot com. Find us on Facebook. That or not Facebook. Instagram is the only thing that we're on. So, or we have a Twitter too, but we don't use it. But you know, I just know. go if you want. It, and we'll we'll start posting eventually. Don't worry. You know, twenty twenty just sucks, <laughs> <laughs> and I have no energy. We'll start posting eventually. I love that. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Just tell us it's you love fine. us and rate us and review us and tell us you love us too because we love you as well. Yeah. And uh, give us new ideas on what to watch because right now we're just kind of picking it random. But if you have an idea, let us know. Anyways, thank you to uh, Danny for being our editor. And thank you, Eric, for being great. Thank you, Jess. You're also great. Um, I'm so happy that we're back and doing this because it's been a few weeks. I moved. I live in San Diego now. Um, <laughs> you do live in San Diego. Yeah. Um, Comic-Con, what's up? Get us a panel. Anyways. Yeah, let's do it. Bye. Bye. <laughs> thank uh, you so much, stay, everybody. 
Stay we love cute. you. And stay Hashtag critical. Girl boss. Okay. We, we said our oh, hashtag. wait, no. We said our thing. You said it. Wait, no, do it again. I stay, stay okay. cute. And remember, stay cute. And stay critical. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>